Nathan Beach. I've been coming to this church for as long as I can remember. And I am going to share something with you. So we're going to start it off with just a quick story. Not really quick, but it's a story. It's a fun story because it's about me. Um, so, when I was younger, I was a very f fearful child because I had a very overactive imagination, so everything just got blown out of proportion in my mind. And it ended up being like sleepless nights and nightmares almost every, every time I closed my eyes. And so, one night, my mom came and was like, let's look in the Bible. <laughs> so... And she had read uh, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is worthy of... Wait, mm -mm, one second. Skip to mine. Mm -hmm. Whatever is admirable. There we go. <laughs> if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think of such things. I was like, thank you. But that didn't help all that much. So about a year later, I think, um, I'd woken up at like five in the morning. Um, and I was like, I'm not going to be able to fall back asleep after that because my, my heart is like racing. So it was not fun. So then I went out and run out of my room to go, I don't know, watch Mickey Mouse or something. <laughs> um, but as soon as I like took a step out the door, I like froze, because I, I felt like something was watching me. You know, I just couldn't move for a second. So then I kind of turned around and I just saw something. I don't know what I saw. So then I was just like, I'm gonna run to the couch, because I am scared for my life. <laughs> so then I get to the couch and I'm like, what was that? So then I look around and I see through the doors that there's some glowing figure, which I believe to be an angel. But because I was still afraid, I ducked down again, because like, I had seen it for a split second. <laughs> and then I kind of heard Isaiah 41.10, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. There's more to that, but... Um, and then I was like, huh, so I don't need to be afraid. So then I look up, it's gone. And that was just like, cool, no more fear. I don't have to worry how wrong I was. Um, so anyway, now to present day, um, that fear has transformed a lot into anxiety and such. So I had remembered about uh, the Philippians verse. So I was like, no, I'm going to go back and read that, just remind myself of it. So then I looked two verses before in Philippians 4, 6, which says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Oh, I was like, that's amazing, because that's exactly what I needed to hear. You know? I just... transformed my vision of that verse and that um, just anxiety to 
where I don't need to be afraid if I just ask God. But I, I still, there was still just so much anxiety. Um, so then a couple months ago, I had looked back into the Bible because I'm like, I need to find something else. I, I feel like there's something there. So I go into Bible.com, I search in um, anxiety. It comes up with this Proverbs verse. Uh, Proverbs 12.25 says, Anxiety weighs, the heart, weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. So then the rest of that day, I had, I was talking with my friends and stuff, and I heard a lot more kind words, and that helped me um, with a lot of that anxiety that I was feeling that day. I don't remember what I was anxious about, but it was something. Um, but I was just like, cool. That's exactly what I needed to hear from both my friends and the Bible today. So a month after that, I had, had a very impatient friend. And I was like, huh, I feel like there's some proverb about this because why not? Turns out there wasn't any. There's all that, like, patience gives you riches. And I was like, okay, but that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> so uh, another one of the verses was um, 2 Corinthians 6.6. 6, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, semicolon. I was like, there's more to this. I want to read it. <laughs> so I go back to the beginning of this section, which starts at 2 Corinthians 6, 3, which says, We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, in truthful speech and in the power of God with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. So I was like, but why? What is that? Um, so I was just thinking through it and thinking through it. And I was like, I can't figure this out. I need some help. So I went to youth group, and I saw my mom talking with somebody, and I was like, I have this really amazing verse I need to share with you. So I go, grab a Bible, say hi to the worship team, and then go. And Joan stops me. I was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I have this really amazing verse that I just want to share. I read it. She goes, so what does that mean? And I was like, I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out, Joan. <laughs> um, but from what I gathered so far, it's like he went through a lot, but he was able to keep, keep stick with it and keep going because he had that ministry, because he had those people he could rely on to, to get a kind word out of, to, to um, just support him. And so I was like, that's cool. And then later, uh, I think 
Sunday, Jonah stopped me again. I was like, you know what? I really found that just that was just God speaking to you. Like, it, it, that was a clear testament that it's the word of God is still alive and it's still, it's still active. And I was like, yes, I'm going to make a sermon out of that. Here we are. Um, so, what I found across my life is that no matter what, if you have a problem, you should go to the Bible, because there's something there. And Ephesians 4, uh, not Ephesians, Hebrews, I don't know why I keep mixing those up. <laughs> Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing, even to dividing the soul and the spirit. Joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And I had, uh, yeah, so. It's not just my idea, it's not just my opinion, but Paul wrote it to the Hebrews all those years ago. And, hey, would you look at that? The thing saying it's still alive and active is still alive and active. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess I just urge you that when you have a problem, when you're anxious, when you're worrying or fearful, you turn to the Bible and you find something new because there are a, an infinite number of different uh, adaptations and thoughts and whatever. Um, going through your mind, and you might read it differently as I read it. Um, but if you can't find anything, I also urge you to seek out others, to just give your um, anxiety and your worry to somebody else and say, can you help me with this? And I bet you they're going to find some Bible verse and be like, hey, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, Just don't take it for granted. Thank you, Nathan, for that wonderful message. You know, I actually heard once that the Bible was an acronym. Uh, it stood for Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. So I guess Nathan is right. If you ever have a problem, you can resort to the Bible for help. I'd now like to invite my very own sister up for, to share her message. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, uh, I thank you for my wonderful sister. I thank you for giving her the strength and wisdom to share what you put on her heart. Lord, I pray that this message may touch the hearts of the people and that you may deliver whatever you want her to deliver. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. Well, good morning, New Life. So, like, I, uh, like my brothers said, my name is Chloe. And I'm 15 years old, and I'm a freshman in high school. I'm here to deliver you one more message. But before I do, I wanted to talk about my dad. So, um, like I said, I'm a freshman. And ever since I've been going to school, he's always told us this phrase. And that phrase is, God's grace and mercy be with you. And the thing is about, he, about this phrase is that he's always consistent about telling us whether he catches us by the nick of time or he doesn't, he always tells us. And so 
growing up, like as a kid, I never really understood what it meant. And because I didn't understand what it meant, I just didn't pay attention to it. But I did grow curious whenever I heard him say it. And I thought about it more. And the answer to my own question was, I've always thought it was for protection, that by God's grace and mercy, may we stay protected and safe and healthy. Because you never know what's going to happen, especially when your parents aren't there with you. And another thing is, it's that the phrase has been a way of my dad saying that he loves us without directly saying it. Because I just reply to him, I love you too, whenever he tells us. So, yeah, those were my um, answers. That God's grace and mercy be with you meant protection. And um, it was just love. And so after that, I never really paid much attention to it because I thought I already knew what it meant. But when I told Jen that I'd be sharing something, I had a feeling that God didn't want me to share what I initially thought I was going to share. And so I was praying about it, and then this phrase just kept on coming back to me. And I was like, God, do you want me to share something about protection? Like, I'm not really sure what you want me to do there. But then I realized that that was what I thought what the phrase meant, and I didn't know what it, the phrase meant to my dad. And so I just really had to know. And the thing is, I was at the car, and he was at the store, so I had to get out of the car and go to the store and find him. And I was like, hey, Dad, why do you always tell us God's grace and mercy be with you? And he stood silent for a moment, and I knew that meant he was thinking. About what cereal to get or about my question, I'm not sure which one, but he did, he did give me an answer in the end. And he said, well, it means a blessing. And I'm like, oh, a blessing. That's cool. Could you explain to that me more? And he went on about how God's grace is undeserved and it gives us salvation. And I'll hit those points later. But in the back of my mind, I was like, a blessing. I was really confused because I thought that it was meant for protection. And I thought I knew I thought I was like really right. And I was. it made me curious and I wanted to see but other people's perspective on God's grace and what it meant to them. And I asked some of the people of this church, and some responses I got was God's unconditional love, that no matter what, God chooses to love and care. God's understanding when we need it the most, that it's a blessing and a favor. That God understands we fall short of perfection, but he still chooses to love us. And there's this one response that I just had to quote because... Her response was amazing, and she said, Out of his amazing love, he offers me eternal life, hope for today and for eternity. I am not alone. By his grace, he walks with me and offers me everything I need. I am forever changed by his grace. And so when I received these responses, I was like, wow, these are all so amazing and deep and wonderful, but none of them said protection. And so I was like really baffled because this phrase that has been consistently told to me I had just really thought, not close-minded, but I just had a small perspective on it. And so I guess that's what I will be sermoning you guys about today, <laughs> sermoning, preaching. Um, yeah, God's grace. So if you want to write that down, or if you're my dad, you want to put that on your phone, you can do that. But the first question that came to my mind was, what is God's grace? And so I wanted to do that cool thing where you say the Greek word. And the Greek word for grace is kari. It means goodwill, loving kindness, and favor. In Exodus 34, verse 6, 
you can also see that it is part of God's character. If you will just let me pull it up. It says, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. So, after looking into it a bit more, the definition I came up for grace is, grace is an undeserved, unearned favor or gift, the undeserved forgiveness, kindness, and mercy that God gives us. And so from that definition, I'm just going to make a couple of points. And the first point is, is that grace, God's grace is undeserved and unearned. So in Romans 11, verse 6, the Amplified Version, which is on my phone, because I don't have an amplified Bible. But if it is by grace, God's unmerited favor, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. It would not be a gift, but a reward for works. I also liked the easy version, and it says, this shows that God has not chosen them because of any good things that they have done. If that was true, we could not say that God was really being kind to them. It would not be his gift. And so from those verses, I... I got away. The thing that I took away was that we can never be good enough or we can never do or work hard enough for God's grace. He gives it to us because he wants to, not because it is earned or deserved. And like the verse said, if it was, then it wouldn't be grace. Which brings my second point, that grace is a gift. Um, a gift is free, and I don't know about you guys, but I like free stuff. And so, Ephesians 4, verse 7, in the New Living Translation version, says, However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. And then the New International Version says, But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. So using those two versions, we can see that grace is a gift. And a gift is free to the receiver, but the giver bears the expense. In this case, we are the receivers of grace but God, by God, but it, is, but it cost God everything, and it, gives, it is given through Jesus. So, let me read that again, because I stuttered a bit. In this case, we are the receivers of grace given by God, but it cost God everything, and it is given through Jesus. You know, John 3.16, I'm sure you guys knew that. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son that whoever believed in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I didn't have to look at my Bible for that one. I got it from my head. <laughs> um, but Jesus died on the cross and paid for our sins because that's what we are. We are sinners and we fall short of God's perfection, which is why we don't deserve God's grace. Yet through Jesus' sacrifice, God's grace is given to us. And so God's grace is undeserved, unearned, grace is a gift, and a gift is something that is given to us, so what does God's grace give us? There's a lot of G words, I know, but <laughs> I hope you're staying with me. So the first thing that God's grace gives us is salvation. Ephesians 2, verse 8 to 9 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. So, Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and through that we have salvation. 
and we also have grace, and we get to spend eternal life with him, and I think that's just amazing. So, yay Jesus, yay God. <laughs> yay God, amen. <laughs> and there's also this one song that um, I really like. I've grown up with this song. I don't know if you guys know it. It's kind of old, too, but it's called um, Amazing Grace. It's like a hymn. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of it, but if you don't know, the lyrics go, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And so, you know, this song and this phrase that my dad has always told me, it just, it's all, it was all coming to me that God's grace has been in my life for all my life. And I just, I never really paid attention to that. And I think once I was looking into it more, I realized that God's grace was surrounded in my life. I'm kind of just repeating myself, but I think you get the point. So the second thing that God's grace gives us is God's grace justifies us. And in Romans 3, verse 24, which is the New Living Translation version, or just the New Living Translation, it says, For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. And so another thing that um, that I came to when I was studying this is that it's just all coming back to Jesus. And I asked my dad, how does God's grace justify us? Or like, how can you explain it to me more? And he kind of used this analogy of being in prison. So when you're set free, you're pardoned of your crime, but you're also justified, as in you kind of have your rights back. You can go back to civilization. And I think using that, like, we are sinners. And when we are forgiven, we're not only just forgiven, but we're also justified in the eyes of God. And he still loves us, and he still cares for us. And, you know, God's just so gracious. And that's why I think it's called Amazing Grace. And so as I close out this little message, I want to call up the worship team. Um, God's grace is a gift, but you also have to be willing to accept it. I realized how much I've taken it for granted and how I have just brushed it off through my dad's phrase and through music that has been taught to me. But now I can recognize it and I can accept his grace. And I can also show it to other people. I can be kind to others and forgive them, especially when they don't deserve it. And so... As I'm ending this, I just kind of wanted to leave you with some reflection about what does God's grace mean to you? And do you take it for granted? Are you willing to accept it?